Having trouble living right? Headed down the wrong path? Struggling to break old habits? I can do this all night. What you need is a good slap. Who are you? I'm your new extreme accountability partner. Is there anything you'd like to tell me? Get out of my house? What you've been watching? It's the History Channel. There's no naked people on the History Channel. At Slap, extreme accountability isn't just a job, it's an obsession. That's why we designed our patented Gentle Correction Slap Gun. How's that gentle? It's not a fist. What are your intentions with Lindsay? Sure, we've been known to go overboard on occasion. I just met her. We're just eating ice cream with the rest of our small group. But our philosophy is it's better to go overboard okay. than underboard. What was that for? Um, gluttony. Strict lockdown accountability partners for all your extreme accountability needs. Don't like the way you're looking at her, Tom. That's my sister. Oh. Does she have a boyfriend? You got me. I deserve that one. If you're having trouble changing your ways, you might just need a good slap. We love our clients too much to let them ruin their lives. And believe me when I say that our gentle correction hurts us more than it hurts our clients. Most of the time. That's, it's funny. And uh, one of the reasons I share that with you, because we are going to talk about accountability, but you know, I kind of thought when, I'm, uh, when, I, when I say accountability, it's like we, we need to have accountability in our lives. Uh, accountability is supposed to be part of our life groups. I have a feeling that a, a lot of people, and we did a survey a few years ago, uh, and I got some feedback that like kind of this is kind of what people sometimes think of accountability, like this extreme. Somebody's gonna slap you inside the face, uh, you know, get all in your business, and we don't like people to be in our business sometimes. Um, and I, you know, I thought about, about this as Eric was talking. Like, this has been one of the, it's an element of our life groups that frankly has been one of the, the most neglected. We have five elements that we use to describe what life should be about. Community, accountability, Bible, uh, mission, and service. And the last few years we've tried to use Life Group Sunday to, to teach on them, to talk about them, uh, describe what it means in, in a life group. And you know, a few years ago, Clay kind of described like the whole way out, the big picture vision, how it's been together last year. I talked to you about how service and mission ed connect with one another when we when we love one another and when we love uh, the people around us, how it expresses Christ to the world. Uh, and each year we try to, you know, I've kind of focused on what's an area that we need to strengthen in our life groups. And it kept coming up in staff meetings and just uh, in my, my time list that like this is one now really need to work on because it has, we haven't uh, uh, stressed it as much, and frankly that's, that's on me. I, uh, one of the reasons is because uh, my leaning is toward 
we have open groups. People can come in and join. And we want to make sure that they're comfortable for, for new people to come in. Uh, and just like Harold described, when he first came, you know, he kind of kept to himself. And frankly, I can say this, like, I was almost like scared. Like, he, you know, he's a big guy. Uh, he's got the, the little uh, Fu Manchu kind of thing going. And, you know, talk to him, he's very, very stern. He's like, you know, well, this is how we, we done things. Or this church, and I'm like, okay, you know. Oh, and so if I hit him right away with, hey, you know, if you if you looked at any women this week, you know, first up, is he going to hit me, or is he just not going to come back? And frankly, now I'll be honest, for me, for somebody not to come back is of greater concern because I want him to be there. I want new people to be comfortable when they come to a life group. And be able to connect with people in a natural way and, and kind of where they're where they're at, so they'll stay. And like Carol talks about, like it's become such an important part of his life. So as I talk about accountability, I want to make it clear that in our life, I'm not setting up a program. We're not having to sign up for slap in the hallway. Okay, I, uh, this is not what this is not what what we're we're doing. But we do need to. One thing I noticed in, in the uh, New Testament church, we opened up the New Testament, uh, the, the church there, whenever they needed to do something, get something done, the primary way that they, they did that was to teach. They read a letter, they taught on the subject. This is how we need to live. Uh, it was very, very little time was about programs. So it's not about a new program, and I'll talk more about this at the end, about what I want us to do going forward. I just wanted us to start out by just kind of Kind of teaching a core concept, just why we need accountability in our, in our group, uh, why we need it in our life, uh, and then we'll, a, a few principles I have. And this is going to be exhausting. There's still there'll be more to, to talk about. And uh, March 1st, a uh, meeting scheduled with our life groups and we'll, with our life group leaders, and we'll work on that some more there. Uh, but just just begin just accountability. The way we describe it, we say accountability is life checked. Uh, we kind of have a thing like the community is life together, uh, service, life invested, well, life checked. It just, it's, it some, some means that we can then have uh, people in, in our lives, in our life group as a whole, or maybe somebody we've made a connection with, we have a close relationship who, who will ask us about our spiritual life. Because that's what we're really talking about. Lots of times we ask, uh, you know, about how, you know, whether you know, our physical health, how's that doing, uh, our job, uh, you know, how are the kids, but to, you know, getting beyond that to, not that those things don't matter, they mean, they matter a whole lot and they affect our spiritual lives, but the ultimate thing in our lives, the eternal thing is going to be our spiritual condition. How are we doing in that? And, and I'm going to talk about this a bit when we get to scripture, why we need uh, some help with that. Uh, Proverbs 11, 14 uh, kind of gives us this principle, where there is no guidance, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Now, you know, I've heard, I've heard the first part of that verse used in reference to uh, leadership in terms of the pastors and elders, not in the church. But the second part of this I think is important is, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. 
You know, it's not spelling this out exactly, this is what you should, should do, but the idea here is that having more counselors, having less people in our lives that will help us, guide us, us through life, is a good thing. It's a wise thing. Uh, and Proverbs, uh, we're not going to uh, spend more time on there today, but I would encourage you, uh, getting into Proverbs, because one of the issues about uh, uh, accountability is, first off, it's just a wise thing to do. And Proverbs helps with us with wisdom. And so getting into Proverbs in your daily life, I just great as a youth, I, I, I found Proverbs, found it useful. I don't know how much. I know um, um, when I was teen, a lot of uh, my student pastors really uh, helped us dig into Proverbs. I don't know if they could just go, but I want to encourage youth, adults, one wisdom to get into Proverbs. But because I want to really have some scripture that tells us why and how, it kind of pulls together. Uh, Galatians, Galatians uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 13. Uh, let me just introduce a little bit. The, the Apostle Paul writes Galatians uh, in an effort to, to really the key issue problem that he was writing about was the issue of legalism, of uh, early, uh, what they call uh, the, the Ju Judaizers, who were telling the, these uh, Gentile, non-Jewish believers, young believers, that not only did they need, you know, hey, you got Jesus, that's good, but you also need to follow the Old Testament law. Like, you can't just bypass that. We've been stuck with all these laws us, uh, binding us. You need to do, including circumcision. Um, and if anyone didn't know what that is, uh, the same answer I gave to uh, fifth grade girls years ago when I was teaching, you ask your parents about circumcision. And uh, uh, most of us will, will, will understand that. But it was, a, it was a Jewish custom, and it was very important uh, to them. It was important to the Old Testament law. However, Jesus brought us a new covenant, new law. And so, Paul was right. He said, don't place your faith in this. And as he's refuting this heresy that they need to follow this law for, to complete their salvation, and you know, he, toward the end of it, he realizes, okay, now, I, now I've taken that away. We're going to cut through the, the rules. And he, and he, but he wants to instruct them, live by the Live by the spirit, not by not by the law, but by, by the flesh. It's the way you refer to the law. And he realized it was a new problem. And the problem was, well, if I take away these rules, will people then use it to uh, just do whatever they feel like? I mean, that's our tendency. Like, woohoo! No rules, right? No parents, no rules. And he didn't want he didn't want them to use their freedom uh, to just indulge their flesh. And for their own selfish desires, the, the freedom that Christ gives us is to be used to love and serve one another. Uh, so he, he says this, turn verse 3, For you are called the freedom, brother, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, entities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and therefore, thereby fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But each one must examine his own works, and then he will have reason for boasting in regard to himself alone, and not in regard to another. For each one will bear his own load. Uh, yeah, and that's it's a lot. Uh, I, I, sometimes I, I probably uh, make it or too quote myself, on myself because I'm a little bit obsessive about uh, getting the full context. And, and, and don't worry, we're not going to like go through all of these. We can, I've heard um, plenty of sermon series just on the, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we're not going to walk through that uh, today, but there's a couple of kind of big picture ideas here. Uh, the, the first one is that we need accountability because there's a battle. Uh, we can see that in verse 17. Uh, for the flesh senses desire against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. When he refers to the flesh here, he is talking about our sin nature. Our fallen human state. The part of us that just, we, we want what we want. We can see it in and, and in our infants and toddlers and all the way up through to grown men, that we have this desire, like, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to eat. So I take in food until sometimes we put on more than we, we want, right? I uh, one of the one of the things that uh, many of the uh, uh, different Weight Watcher programs and stuff do is to incorporate accountability uh, because a lot of times we, we struggle to contain our, our desires and so we eat more than we should or, or we put the wrong things in our body and we just fill it full of uh, unhealthy chemicals. Uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's drinking or drugs. Pro programs to, to stop those often use accountability. Uh, and this so one of the reasons why this passage really speaks to me is accountability is because I think one of the reasons that we're kind of scared about talking about accountability is because we know that the, the purpose is to head off 
sin before it really takes root. I mean, we all have that sin nature. We have, we have sin in our life that the Holy Spirit is working to control us and to, to, to change us and eliminate, eliminate for our, from our lives. But yet, there's always that, there's that struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The spirit, which is uh, the Holy Spirit that, that God has placed in our hearts uh, when we receive Jesus us as our Lord and Savior, and the Spirit gives us new life. But I don't, I don't know, I don't have a, a, a great reason. I, I think it, sometimes you think, well, why doesn't God just get, get rid of the flesh? Uh, uh, or why doesn't he just take us to heaven right away so then we don't have to worry about this struggle, this battle? Um, I think the answer is that somehow it, it's glorifying for him that we, and uh, somehow beneficial that we see God work in our lives to have victory over us. We're just not, we're just not pulled up away from it. Um, but there's this battle that happens in our life, and, and we need help with it. Um, uh, how many guys, you know, have some sort of smartphone or something like that? Uh, and they tend to be kind of personal to us. I got, uh, my wife had somebody give her some uh, accessories this week, and I got a new case out of it. So I put a new case on my phone, it looks all, uh, feels kind of new, fresh. And so I started adding some new apps, which kind of helped me make it feel like it's kind of new, you know. I've had it for two years, it's iPhone 4, so I'm like in the Stone Ages now, right? Um, uh, but I loaded this, this app on called uh, Waze. Somebody had told me about it a while ago. I think Joe uh, was telling me about it. And I, and, I, and I didn't, you know, see, we don't listen to people. Uh, it took me like months to do it. But I went and loaded it on. I was checking it out this week. Uh, and it was pretty neat. Um, I think he's got a screenshot here. Uh, basically, it's a, it's a GPS, mapping service, turn by turn directions, voice, all that stuff. It's, it's free for the user. But, it has a, uh, a user-based interface to it. Like, you get information from other users or who have inputted it. They put the, they, you, you click open that and then you can tell if there's a traffic jam where you're at or if there's an accident so that you can get around town and avoid these things. Uh, it, it tracks you so that it, it can record how fast traffic is moving where you're at so it can help other people avoid the same sort of thing. Uh, it's got one there for police, like you see police officer, or get people, you can do that. I thought, that, say that, it, it, it has that. Uh, traffic cameras, that kind of thing, I would never do. Is Joe Thomas here? No? Okay, we can talk about that then. Uh, since, uh, but the thing, it, it's pretty neat, you can see other users on the road, and they get little icons on show other people that are using it, which could be also kind of creepy, but. Uh, <laughs> But the whole basis, though, like you have the map, you have the information you can, can use, but here's the thing, unless you look at the information that's given, and unless there are people who give you that information, give you that warning, those warnings about a traffic jam, uh, and you know, the police officer that's giving tickets, and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't do you, do you any, any good. You do have the map, when we talked about, uh, just last fall I shared how you know, the Bible really is, it gives us directions for life, it directs our life, uh, but just like you have, you have a map, but then you also can have other people to help you uh, find a way in, in real time, knowing what's going on, seeing what's, 
what you're about to run into. But you have to be intentional about it. Like, you have to put down there and say, and give people that information by, by telling them, hey, there's an accident in here. And that's what accountability really does for us. It's, it's being intentional about, hey, you know, if you, if you continue with this root of bitterness that you just expressed to me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead you to trouble. Like, it, it just leads to more sin. So the longer we, we allow sin to fester, the more it grows and grows into many, many sin, pride, or, or bitterness, anger, envy. They, they end up leading to other, other sins. So we need to uh, catch them. And all it is is just saying, like, saying, saying to, 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 to your life group or to, to a close friend within that group, say, hey, I need to know, what, what do I need to do in this situation? Or allowing them to ask you, uh, how's your Bible study going? Are you, are you learning anything? Are you staying in God's Word? So it's, it's this battle. Their slogan, by the way, I think is really cool. We can almost make it one of our elements. It's uh, uh, outsmarting traffic together. So it kind of fits with our whole community idea, right? Uh, I kind of like that. Uh, but So accountability, life check. I think that kind of works. Uh, the, the second thing that, on the why, why, why do we need, why do we need, because we're not on our own. That's why we need uh, accountability, because we're not meant, God didn't create the church so that we could just go about things on, on our own. In fact, the whole idea is, is a group. And, but, here's the thing. In this, in this setting, uh, we, it's, it's a great setting when we come here for kind of asking kind of casual questions about how, how's your health and, and your kids and all, all that. But it's, you know, unless you kind of, you can with the format and have a lot of conversation with, with people, get to know them. But, again, yeah, it's probably going to be a fairly shallow level relationship unless you get with people outside of you. Because, you know, there's, there's stuff going on and we kind of meet here, we're all looking up here instead of looking at each other. So it's not really a setting to build those kind of relationships. And, and to be able to, to come alongside someone and be part of their life so that we can bear one another's burdens. As it tells us there in chapter 6, verse 2. And, and now there's two. Uh, in some translations, I think it's verse 4, it uses uh, carry one's load. In some translations, that actually uses burdens too. But they are actually uh, diff different words or connotations of the same word, where this idea of burdens here has the idea of really weighty, the sort of thing that you really can't do on your own. Uh, the second word that says we should carry our own load is talking about just our own responsibility. But this this one where we, like it just, maybe it's a, it's a sin that, that has gotten hold of us. Uh, or the guilt of it uh, that we we carry with us, and so the scripture carry one another. We're to do this. We do this together. Come alongside and help one another. Uh, now I want to point out too that one of the reasons why I kind of phrase the way that we're not we're not on our own uh, is because there's kind of two sides to that. 
Uh, it's really easy to talk about carrying one another's burdens, pray, pray with one another, do good things, thanks one another, to help one another. Um, but there's another side to being together, and that's sometimes that we can hurt one another. Uh, Pat, I've heard it several times. I even, I was going to uh, do this one time, and I, I looked, looked it up. Uh, if you use uh, electronic uh, Bibles, you can put in the search one another's. Uh, I did that some years ago, and I was very enlightening because we always think, oh, we got to go do the one another's of the Bible, right? I, and we'll love one another, and it'll be great to do the one another's. You know, there's a lot of one another's in the Bible that are people doing wicked, evil things to one another. In fact, if you go back to uh, verse 15 here, or in chapter 5, he says, But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. He's not, he's not talking about zombies. Okay? So I know some, some of you, there's a zombie stuff, but Walking Dead's crying and stuff. He's not talking about that. He's talking about the kind of uh, attacks and arguments and dissensions that, that can happen in church. That's, that's the context he's talking about. Some of the one another's are evil, wicked deeds that, that we do. Don't we all? I, I am very capable of hurting my wife, my daughter, my family, my church family. And because of that, I, I really, I need, I need that accountability. For somebody to ask me, you know, if, if you, if you treated them properly, and have a check, or to ask somebody, hey, you know, this kind of came up, and they, they said this, and I said that, what, am I, am I wrong here? Did I, did I do the right thing? We, we need that. Um, it kind of, it helps. When I put all the whole piece together, uh, the, the chemistry of life groups, that was one of my thoughts around the accountability factors. Like we, we have a community, and that's our community with God, our community with each other. And then, uh, you know, in the, the Bible, it really tells us about our relationships. It tells us how to have a relationship with God, and it tells us how we're to relate with one another. Uh, almost all of the Bible will break down those, those two, two things. Uh, the Ten Commandments will break down in that, those two categories. Uh, and so relationships really matter. Uh, and then the accountability factors just kind of take that with, okay, am I doing what the Bible tells me? That's, that's one, of course, I'll just look at uh, there. And, One of the uh, I one of the one another's that you'll find in the Gospels, um, and I have it on the screen, but is you had people who gathered with one another when they were angry over what Jesus said and plotted to kill them. That's just the extremes that happen and with these one another, and that's why we, we really need help because those things it's that it's that battle of I didn't get my way and. Rules and regulations aren't, aren't going to be the, the way that we resolve that. Because here you have a group of people that Paul's addressing that are coming up with rules and regulations. And what do they want out of them? They, they're to uh, feed the flesh, to make themselves look better, to feed the pride, to say, hey, I, you know, 
I did this. You know? I, I live by this set of rules, and those are better than your set of rules. Oh, and you broke that rule, so now I'm better than you. Pride can enter into this, and that's we'll be we'll be getting that in a minute. Uh, let me let's get to the let's get to the how. The question is okay. So how how do we go about uh, accountability? And I'm not talking about how in kind of more specifics of like what's the mechanics of it, what's what's the program, uh, what what exactly we do, but just kind of the big kind of theological thing. And the first thing that we learned from this passage of scripture are is brethren, if any one of you is caught in any trespass, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Restoration is the goal. We need to have the right goal for accountability. Accountability will reveal sin. And, you know, sometimes there will be what we call small sins, let's say. Those, those little things, attitudes in our heart will, will bloom into things that have more consequences. So that's why we want to catch them early. But when, when, we, when, when someone is confesses a sin, how do we respond to that person? The correct goal, if, oh, and the one reason I, I believe that people tend to be kind of scared accountability is not sure how people are going to react. Are we going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that? Um, are we going to say, man, you're, you're just terrible. I can't be, you know, I can't be around you. Is, if that's the approach, then it'll be biting and devouring each other, right? The, the goal is restoration. The goal is to help a person, a person get back to a spirit-led life. And, you know, sometimes it means that, that we need to explain, to speak the truth into someone's life about the sin maybe they don't recognize. In this, in this context, it uh, refers to someone who's caught in sin that's already been found out, revealed, and we need to, to work toward restoration. Uh, the word uh, restore means to mend, or to, to make complete, to uh, make the way it was before. And uh, it's, used, it's used elsewhere in reference to the disciples mending their nets. Maybe kind of the picture of what, what that might look like. Uh, but this, this is the hole that, that life groups are best, best at because it's this intimate setting where we can share uh, the stuff that goes on, on in our life. Uh, Ashley Vaughn's going to come up just to share a testimony about how the, the people in life group help, uh, help the living thing, uh, the spirit-led life. And, you know, what I'd say is, we, you know, we just, Ashley, Ashley Vaughn, so that's part of our, one of our life groups, so she's just going to share something. We got a mic right here. Hello. <laughs> um, my name is Ashley Vaughn. I've been with Cross Culture for about three years now. And when I first came to Cross Culture, Dave Helfrig was the first to ask me to a life group. And initially, I did not want to go. I was new to this church, and I was just trying to get used to it. But I remember telling my brother that, man, I wish I had church every day of the week because it would help me so much 
just to be able to come here in the morning and think about my life. And he's like, you know, why don't you take Dave Helmark up on his offer or try his life group? It's free dinner, you know, at least you get that and, and I'll go with you. I was like, all right. So we tried it out and it was amazing. And it, you know, it helped with, with having that church an extra day of the week. And it helped with learning the Bible because when you're new, you don't know how to study the Bible. You don't know anything. You're, you're, you've been in the, the fleshly world for so long that this is all brand new. And so I kept going to Dave Helper's group, which is now Phil Hopkins' group. And I decided, you know what? I need more than just that life group. So I joined another one. <laughs> so I started going to a Tuesday life group with the Joneses. And totally different life groups. But I love them both so very much. And I have grown so much in my life groups. The people that you meet in your life groups are your accountability partners, but I don't call them that. They are my support group. They are there when I need them. It can be any time of the day. I can call them, I can text them, I can be like, hey, I'm having a really bad day. And I know, I've, I've tried turning to my Bible, I've, I've Googled scripture, and I just, I need a little bit more help. And they're there. And they give me that scripture, and they give me that support. Because, you know, when you get out of bed in the morning, the second you get out of bed, the world starts trickling in on you. And then as soon as you open that front door, it slams you in the face. You have the flesh in your face all day, at work, at school, with your kids, other people you interact with. And it is hard. And I know. And I know you know. And it is so nice to be able to have that break. And quite honestly, I'm a life group junkie. I would be in life group every night if I could. I'm serious. And, and, you know, I know sometimes you go to a group and you don't feel comfortable, it's not the right group, try another one. Because honestly, they're all different and you will find one that's right for you. And these people will be by your side. They will not judge you. They will help you. And that is my testimony for life group. I love you guys. Thank you so much for everything you guys do. <laughs> you say life group junkie, does that make me the pusher? <laughs> uh, she, she referred to, you know, Dave's life group, my, my life group. Uh, you say it's Ashley Vaughn's life, life group because she does a lot to uh, just hold it all together. She, uh, she is a great help uh, with the group and the driving force in it. So I thank her for that and for her testimony. Yeah, we it's 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 the people and that kind of, that gets us to uh, the last one. How this it's going to be the right people, the spiritual people. Uh, the the reference here says you who are spiritual. Now I'll be careful. Like this is not referring. This is not setting up some hierarchy uh, of people, some special class. It's just making reference back to we read in chapter five those led by the spirit. And even right, it gives you the list of, of things you can recognize. Uh, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the characteristics of people who are being led by, by the Spirit. And we all have trouble where we jump back into the flesh times, right? Uh, but we recognize these are people uh, who are being led by the Spirit. It could be a, even a, a, a new believer. There's places that in the Bible where 
you know, it calls for the mature Christians to, to take roles in. Maybe it's teaching or, or, or leading a church or whatever. It calls for maturity. This word here, uh, where it says spiritual, doesn't really have the connotation, connotation of time uh, and growth that that does. You have the Spirit of God when you accept Christ as your, your Savior. And so you can recognize <laughs> the, the evil deeds. You can walk away from them and you because you have already have that victory by having the spirit of God in you. Oh, and you can help others with that. Uh, I don't want to go into the re reading the, uh, the deeds of the flesh, you know, by the end of that, you almost feel kind of I give you wash your mouth out. Oh, but all of us can see some some of it in our in our life. Uh, the other thing about spiritual people, just like we said, the good and bad of being on your own. Well, the way that the Bible uses it here is, basically, it's not creating a special class of Christian, but it is kind of separating out the Christian from the non-Christian. Uh, and there's today the modern use of the word spiritual kind of loses a lot of a lot of a lot of the meaning because. Uh, it, it, the more modern use tends to be for kind of a, a dabbling in mysticism uh, and uh, religious uh, religiosity that ends up just kind of here and there. And that sort of modern thinking around um, spiritualism probably is not going to help the person who's, who's in a sin who needs restoration because most of it ignores the ideas of sin. Uh, that that you there's anything wrong, it's just about how you feel uh, about yourself and whether or not you feel good about doing and good, rather than I've trespassed against my brother or I've trespassed against God. The notion of offending a righteous and holy God is not part of the equation. And in order for restoration, there has to be an understanding about sin that gets missed by, by those who oftentimes call themselves Spiritual. Um, I, I'm not to uh, you know, offend anyone by, by that. Just clarify what it, what it means here in the scripture when it uses the word spiritual. I didn't want to uh, deviate from, from that, so it does say that spiritual people. You were spiritual. Should restore them. I think there's a contrast here, too, to what was happening in, in what he was describing in chapter 5 in the church. You have people who uh, were making making as if they were spiritual, being legalists, and setting all these rules in place so they could jump on people uh, and say, "Oh, see, you know, you need to do this better, you need to do that," and kind of set themselves up. And I think, in one sense, he's using this kind of back toward them that you're spiritual, and this is what you really do. The spiritual people will will bring restoration. Uh, and one uh, example uh, in the Old Testament, I, I, t I tend to be really big on the Old Testament. I love the stories. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's uh, uh, First Kings. Uh, 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 and this is a story that begins with the, the, king of, the king of Judah going to visit the king of Israel. And they're, they're kind of hanging out. The king of Israel uh, says to the king of Judah, he says, well, will you go? Will you go partner with me and go we'll go to war? Because we're supposed to have control over this other territory. Will you help me? 
we'll go to war. All right, and so uh, the king of Jews says, well, yeah, but we, we need to inquire of the Lord. So the king of Israel, uh, the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, or many counselors. It's a good idea, right? And said to them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to battle, or shall I refrain? And they said, go up, for the Lord will give it into the hand of the king. You see what says. But Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat said, Is there not yet a prophet of the Lord here that we, we may inquire of him? The king, king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, There is yet one man by whom we may, may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him, because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. He is Micaiah, son of Imbah. But Jehoshaphat said, Let not the king say so. See, Jehoshaphat recognized those 400 prophets that came in, they were, they were just a bunch of yes men. Uh, all, all of one accord. Yeah, go. Go out to war and you'll have, you'll have victory. And so he said, bring me somebody else. Bring, bring some prophets of God. But what is, what is the reaction of Ahab? Um, no. He, he doesn't say anything nice about me. Uh, I'll leave you guys to read the rest of the story if you to hear how that turn, turns out. Look, look it up. It's a lot of fun reading Kings. Hey, even Ahab recognized that, well, those really aren't the prophets of God. Those aren't the spiritual people. But the one who, who is spiritual is the true prophet of God. I don't like when he says so. I don't really listen to him. I, I, I avoid him. And he did bring him out. He did say something that wasn't kind to Ahab. Okay? Uh, but no, we, we need to put ourselves around those spiritual people and listen to them. Just like about the, the, the navigation app. If we don't listen to it, we don't pay attention to it, uh, it doesn't help us. Uh, last, lastly, just kind of three quick points about how it describes you to approach that person who, who is in need of restoration. And, uh, a gentle spirit uh, is the first thing, a gentle spirit. He says, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Uh, secondly, each one looking to yourself that you will not be tempted. Be humble about it. Realize that you are just as capable of falling into sin as the next guy. We need to be humble about it. Uh, and we also need to uh, have this serving spirit. And you can kind of take this back to the, the fruit of the spirit and the whole idea of love, but the purpose is that, is that we, we serve our brother. You know, he starts off brethren, brethren, brethren. And, you know, that oftentimes it was, you know, brethren was used. It, it, it meant to include all of the brothers and sisters, brothers of Christ. That family aspect, the, the need that we have uh, to uh, approach each other sometimes, we say it, or we need to just go to someone when we're struggling and we're not sure how to deal with it, to go to someone and say, hey, I need help with this. What am I doing wrong? What do you think about this? Ask them to, to ask, ask somebody to ask you from time to time. Um, What's going on in your spiritual life? Um, here's where 
Uh, I just want to say, as far as a life of like I said, I'm not, I'm not introducing a program, no slap, something like that. But I want you to talk about it in the next few weeks with your life, life groups. Um, just talk about the approach to accountability. Do, do you do something that you see as accountability? Now, the fact that you're there, you kind of have to face one another, and the relationships you build will foster some of it. But frankly, we, a lot of times we can kind of get, we get caught up with, you know, whether it's the games you talk about, uh, sports games and stuff like that. If we forget to get on the spiritual thing sometimes. Um, and we need to be, be intentional about that. So talk about that in life. How can we do that? How can we do it within the life group and still be open for new people to come in and they be comfortable with it? Uh, one of the things I've always just, uh, for leaders is just, just asking, you can ask questions that are kind of general and people can, can choose whether or not they want to share or not. Uh, you know, hey, has anyone uh, invited somebody to church this week? Has anyone spoken to, G to someone about Jesus this week? Would you share about it? Uh, Pastor Clay does that with the staff uh, each week. Just ask them to give an opportunity to share. share you know, uh, and so there's a little pressure. You feel that when you, you know, during the week. If you've forgotten, you're like, oh, staff meeting. Like, I need to go through, I need to go through drug jails and invite somebody. But you, it helps you remember when you leave, hopefully, and I've done it, like, I left out, oh, you know, I didn't do that this week. I didn't have anything to share, so start early. And it's the next day or on the way home, realizing that. That's what we need to do. It's not about picking out each other's faults. It's to help one another. Uh, so when we when we meet, I hope you guys will talk about it and get some feedback. And when I meet with the leaders in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about that some more and how we can foster accountability in our groups. And some of the solutions may be that, like Ashley said, you know, she she needed more than just this, uh, and she needed more than just one life group. Uh, and well, you know, I'm going to be mindful of people's time. There may be that in order to get uh, uh, accountability is just a little closer, more intimate. It may be a, asking somebody that's part of your group uh, or somebody you just built a real relationship with to ask them, would you, would you mind meeting me for breakfast or something once a week or and talk on the phone occasionally? Uh, but, you know, and I, I tend to be one who's kind of like, I kind of like to have the kind of the ducks in a row uh, as far as, okay, I have a plan, this is what we're going to do, and then then leave there, uh, rather than just kind of go up. But I think with, with accountability, it needs to be personalized enough that we will, uh, the people will be comfortable with it. Because if I try to force it, uh, this this issue, it gets, it gets intimate, uh, and you know, it would either won't happen if I, if I try to force it, uh, or we lose people out of life. Uh, and I, and I, don't, I don't want that, I want, to kind of meet people where they're at. At the same time, we, we need to, to uh, foster it more and have an emphasis on this. So you'll probably hear more about it this year. If you don't, make me accountable. Come come see me about that. Ask, well, hey, this this is this isn't happening. I haven't heard any more about it. And uh, say, why why have why haven't you? So uh, look, we're, I know we're a little, little bit short on time. I'm going to pray. Uh, and uh, try and come, come up and uh, 
sing, uh, but I don't, uh, to be open for prayer, but I haven't really given a, uh, you know, like an invitation and sort of message, but I do want to invite, if you have not got involved in life group, uh, yeah, I hope you'll try it. I hope, just like Aaron said, I hope somehow that hurts you up. Ashley too. Both kind of like, ah, I'm not sure about this life group thing. I hope you give it a try. Because uh, you've heard people who were in, in the same place you are, you are right now. I'm not so sure. But just love it. And I, I believe you will too. So we have some, some schedules on the way out. You can grab a, a life group schedule with the groups that we have. Uh, I'll be available I'll, in the hall of the life group booth uh, as soon as we finish here to talk with you. Uh, you got a, got a card as you came in that describes our life groups, and you can go to our website and find out more, more about that. So let's pray.